What's up, everyone? Welcome into the Tuesday Track Talk podcast, episode number nine with your three stones pit crew. I'm Cameron. I am your tire changer. I'm Kellen. I'm your jack man. And I'm also Cameron. I'm your gas man. And today we got ourselves a a pretty exciting episode. I know we were talking about it on the way up to this. Uh, We're going to cover a little bit of the Governor's Cup that happened at New Smyrna over the weekend. Some news that came out of that. Uh, but the I think the big discussion I think all three of us have been waiting for is the top 10 paint schemes that we've been working on uh, since last week. We've been, Like I said, we've been talking. I think we're all pretty excited about what we've got for each other. We don't know what we have. It's been kept secret. Or everybody's going to find out at the same time on this deal. So... Otherwise, uh, what's going on, fellas, It's since we last reconvened? What's been going on? No, I mean, not much. I don't know. All of a sudden, I got this bug, man. The pressure in my noggin right now is unbelievable. (laughs) I can just feel like I can hear everything, like, vibrating in my ears. But, I mean, other than that. The old sinus is acting up. Jam-packed. Well, it's probably, you know, it started out cold. Now it's warming up a little bit. It's going to cool back down again this week. That's It's going to screw with a lot of people, me included, probably. That and, that and the painful Badger game. But. <laughs> Which I didn't watch the Badger game. I was, uh, me and the roommate were doing some cleaning, deep cleaning of the apartment, so I kind of forgot the game was on, but Packer game wasn't all too great either, so. Yeah, just a struggle bossing right now. Hey, if there's any plus as far as the Badgers go, I know it's not football related, but the men's and women's hockey teams are both number one. Yep. Hockey programs, baby. Hockey school. Yeah, well, if you want me to bring it back down to earth, I was just watching the men's basketball team, and they were getting 20-balled by Providence at halftime. So <laughs> uh, they just – I just shut the TV off, and they it was it was about to wrap up, and they were down 12. So, wow. yeah, I guess we're going to become hockey fans here pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. So, but, hey, hockey is yeah. always a good time. But, no, anything else before we uh, just hop right into the the racing discussions that we got planned for today? No, um, let's get right into things. Well, let's start with the Governor's Cup before we really get into the meat potatoes of this thing. I'm actually a little ashamed that we kind of forgot about this race in our previews last week. I didn't realize it was on until Sunday, and I'm like, oh, shit, the race is on. So, um, no. no, Governor's Cup down in New Smyrna, always one of the big ones. Um couple of big big names are down there Giro Rosario, William Byron made a start Stephen Nassi was down there obviously it was a big race for him and he gets his first win uh in 13 years of trying for that one so it's basically his his race that he's always wanted to run being a Florida boy and he finally got that win and you know he the storyline I actually watched the whole thing start to finish he ran through the field three times yeah off decent had a power steering issue, had to go to the rear. He got to the front. He got, like, in the top four. I want to say it was the top four or top five. Yeah. Had another issue, had to make a trip down pit road, came back, drove through the field again, um, and found his way leading the race. And, I mean, that car was the class of the field the whole day. Um, it just – it was it was side-by-side side the whole time. He had one camera watching Nasty. And the other one watching the leaders. So that dude had a rocket ship. 
Yeah, and it's it's pretty unheard of to come through the field once as it is. So to do it twice was just unbelievable. Unbelievable. And he had he had a little help along the way. And there was definitely some attrition of some of the guys that were up there fighting for fighting for the lead with him throughout that race. You know, Girogirio broke an axle early in that race, which coming from the Donnie Wilson camp is very unheard of. And they were they were gonna try to change that. I was watching. Oh, yeah, they were going to try to change it right on pit road, so it wasn't like he was done. Done. They pulled it out and they had another one ready to go, and they just must have made a call and said, "E, let's just hang on here, fellas." But well, they're probably yeah. thinking, "I don't, I don't think that'd be a snowball derby car." But you're getting to that time of year where you got to start thinking snowball derby. Yep. Who just or you, uh, that, or you got to think bigly, and then the derby. That if you go to one and you wreck yeah. a car, you got to have the next one ready to go. So yep. Just counting your equipment and going, all right. You run your backup at Bigley and you run your primary at. Yep. Right. We got our we got our own snowball in the story. So they're counting their equipment going, we're gonna park it for today. Yep. Just wrecked the brand new late mile that they rolled out and it was they just wrecked it and it was uh, well Gregson wrecked it at that's who it was. Uh god damn it, where was it at? Was it Nashville? Oh, it's Winchester. Yeah, yeah. Wrecked it at Winchester. So he's yep. already thinking snowball derby, and he he rolled his he's prepping for snowball derby already, and yep. that was what about a month ago, a little less, and wrecked it, and he's already yeah snowball derby's already on his mind. And he's got a smashed up car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do have to say though, I think you know Nassie ran his his regular paint scheme per se, um, but he's got that alliance with Campy Racing. I just yep. I, those that pairing is going to be tough to beat if they stick together. Well, look at what Campy and Roderick were doing before Roderick dropped out of the ASA uh, Nationals Tour. Top three. Every yeah. race. He was yep. there. He was trying to win races. I mean, Madison, he got turned around, but he was, he was there. Top five. Right. They got, da- they got damn good cars. Probably cars that can compete with Donnie Wilson in and out if you're talking, you know, kind of big name, super late mile teams that isn't. You know, a one-off like a Toby car or anything like that. Yep, for sure. But no, I mean, a really good race. They raced really tight. Byron was literally on Nasty's bumper for it felt like ever there at the no. end, and then it was yeah. no. He got real, real loose. He had just like a really big moment, and then I don't know if he actually broke or just shut her down. One of the two. Uh, um, he I, lost oil pressure. God, I would say I would assume he broke because all of a sudden he was right there, and then he just he shut her down, and that was it. Yeah, he saw the he said he saw the gauge go red and there was no oil pressure and just pulled her off. Yeah. But he was there and he, he was running nasty hard. Uh Jesse Love spun, I believe, from either third or fourth, too. He was it was a little bit of the broadcaster's curse. They were kind of talking to him a little talking about him a little bit and his jump to Xfinity. And there he goes, spins in turn two and little bit. They talked about him for like five minutes in the camera. <laughs> oh he's around to turn two it's like good job guys yep michael atwell was another one he had a really pretty good car too uh he had some issues up front i couldn't i I don't remember if i heard or if i saw anything but he had some issues too that pulled him out of that race i think they were talking with suspension issues because he was kind of beaten with some guys there for a little bit um and then yeah byron had oil pressure so he had a little bit of attrition in that race that went in Nassie's favor to end up winning, but it's always good to see him. He's been, he's kind of been on the 
little bit of a struggle bus this year. So that's a good confidence booster, especially if he's going to the snowball. Yeah, especially, you know, when you talk about him openly committing to run the Stars Tour and then yep. comes all the way up to Madison. I mean, literally as far and north. Just... And, I mean, he was he was a brick in the ocean and just couldn't find anything. It didn't even make the feature. Yeah. Um, so he was done and out. So he misses a few of those races. But you look at where he's at right now with that campy team, he's going to have something to say about this Snowball Derby coming up here. And especially, again, coming off of Winchester and that whole deal that happened there. He's hot at the right time. Yep. Absolutely. And that was the other thing I kind of noted, too, was there's no bad blood that came from this race. We had a super late model race that didn't have anything bad come out of it, whether it was officiating or crews or anything like that. It's just the boys came in and raced, and they put on a show. Yeah, and they did put on a show. You know, you had a couple couple spin. You, had, you smashed up a couple, but. Uh, that's racing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it, it's no, it was a good race, good field. Um, some other news that came out of that too was that uh, speaking of ASA, they uh, announced their season opener for next year is going to be at New Smyrna during Speed Weeks too. So that'll be depending on when they run that race, it gets some of the NASCAR guys to come in for that one. Nope. I believe the date is February 13th, if I remember correctly. I mean, it's usually, I put, it's typically that week before yep, Daytona. I put it in our schedule already. On the ball with it. Uh, oh, it's not filtered. Just let me get to the bottom here. Really I quick. see it. Uh, yeah, February 13th. Yep. February 13th, the Clyde Hart Memorial 200. So let's take a gander at what day of the week that is. That would be a Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I mean, that opens the door for a ton of guys. That was a discussion that I saw Bubba Pollard have, too. I saw that on Twitter, too. Sorry to interrupt. Damn it. No, go ahead. No, I just saw Bubba Pollard going off on, on Twitter about it or X saying, realistically, there's about three to five teams that can do these midweek shows, and that's not what makes this go what makes the series go is these guys that show up every weekend in and out and are there on the weekends. That's what's going to make this series go. And he just said, there's realistically probably three to five teams that he knows can do this midweek stuff. And so it's definitely interesting reading his stuff. You know, he put a couple tweets out on, you know, once once he put the original one out, then somebody's like, Please explain more. And then, he, you know, he just went on to say. And so um, that comes yeah, from track. It was one. actually, uh, it was the couch racer, the one that says to elaborate, they say it was that couch racer crew, which is at Freddie Kraft. And uh, yep. um, God, his other name blows my mind right now. Brett Griffin, uh, them yep. two guys. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, you also got to think that that's coming from a track owner. He owns Sawyer Raceway in Georgia. He knows how this Correct. But so like the other thing too, and I go back to initial Nashville, the, the conversation in Nashville last year, he was voc- very vocal about the carburetors and ex- the two barrel carbs for the Wisconsin guys and saying, we don't need to be ruining good racing at, at, you know, places like the Midwest because it's just because of bar- car barrels that they're running. He's yeah. so Bubba's being very vocal about, 
keeping the the lesser guy in mind so that they can stay competitive with the with the big names. And you have to wonder, we're gonna go back a year, was that slinger? Oh I'm a hundred percent. Hundred percent. Rubok came into was absolutely the play with that. Absolutely. Good for the Slinger Nationals for doing that. But uh I would have really, you know, let's let's put 70. How many cars can we get checked in there for the nationals? Let's checked see how many in, I mean, yeah, we can get a ton. Bring the national tour guys up. You don't think some of those guys that haven't run the Slinger Nationals aren't looking at it going, Yeah, we're ready to run the Slinger Nationals. Oh, absolutely. Point. Well, Chris, I remember, I think it was Holsevar had said this. He said that that race was the second hardest race to qualify for in the country, with the first being the Derby, Snowball Derby. Here we have it. I mean, it's it's a top shelf. I mean, it's it's always been compared to as the, the Snowball Derby of the North, which. I mean, is it a good comparison to have? Sure, but it's the Slinger Nationals in, in my mind. The Slinger Nationals is the Slinger Nationals. Yeah, it's a little boring. Oh, yeah. Didn't they say last year, didn't they say the top 16 qualifying were all within a tenth of each other? Yeah, exactly. This, like, so, like, that was, like, I thought of that, It like, with the whole discussion, like, oh, you're going to have Sky Sandbag if we start doing inverts on that stuff. I'm like, okay, but you get to the Nationals where you don't even, you, you're, you, you're absolutely on the limits just to make the damn race. Uh, it changed that whole dynamic very quickly. So I we're we're getting a little strayed there, but um no big news for ESA. And again, we've kind of heard some rumblings about maybe what some of the schedule might look like, and we'll kind of wait for the full schedule to come out before we <laughs> spill the beans on that. Yeah, spill the beans on that one. But again, I do like Bubba as being very vocal and he's kind of the leader of the group when it comes to what the drivers are kind of looking for. And he's good for that tour. The tour needs him. Oh, absolutely. He's got he's got a, a pedestal he can sit on a little bit. So, for so sure. got some got some good uh got some good racing out of New Smyrna. Uh some good storylines building up up to the snowball derby, continuing down that road. Um, and then yeah, just a little bit of looking ahead to ASA. So um no, I think that was pretty much uh, it on the super late model side. I think there's only four races left on the year for super late. So winding yeah. down there. So um, no, any other thoughts there, fellas? No, I'm, I'm ready for this next debate. <laughs> debate. Converse, we'll call it a conversation. We'll call it a conversation. <laughs> Our first off season topic that we've been kind of hinted at some stuff that we wanted to do uh, throughout the end of the year. We're finally getting to some of these, and I think we picked a hell of a one to start off with. And it's plain and simple, top 10 paint schemes. There was no – it was just – that was the only instruction we were given, pick 10 nope. paint schemes. In all of racing. So leave that open for your interpretation. There was – yeah, there's no rhyme or reason as far as how these were picked. I think, you know, as we were kind of talking about this, I think we each had our own little themes to this, which we could definitely – uh, talk about and explain as we go along here but um i'm i'm excited i don't like i said we were hitting at it nobody knows what we have on our list so it's this is going to be fun we're we're going to find out together here so i think the, uh, as we were saying i think how we're going to do this is we're all just going to present right away give our little spiel as to how we have this set up and why we picked these paint schemes once all three of us go through them we're going to take notes on this too um and the, so once we're done with this, we're going to talk, have a little more discussion and try and maybe narrow down to a top five out of the, the 30 that we pick. 
really splitting hairs. I know. All right, and it's and I, I do want to throw this disclaimer out there, and I think I speak for all oh. of us. This was hard. Oh, this hurt it was really hard. <laughs> this hurt. I mean, there's some paid schemes that I mean, I think I had I had 30 originally. I'm like, God, I've hit that delete button. I'm like, this hurts. Oh. Just a just and, a little shot each time you do it. And not only that, but like you gotta realize like when we're deciding this, like we all got, we'd be lying if we said we didn't have bias. So that comes into it. And it's like, the other thing is we tried our best from our recollection. So we know and understand that there's a million good oh. ones out there that we're missing and not even thinking about, which, yeah. um, yeah, hey, we're we a couple episodes. That's what, comments, that's what the comments are for. Exactly. And Twitter and Instagram. Shoot them over. Then we'll discuss them there. But it's we'll, when you're uh, limited to thirty. Yikes! And keep an eye on the socials. Either tomorrow or Thursday, uh, we'll pull start. We'll put our listings of our top tens and our potential pop top fives from there. And yeah, if you if we miss something, leave a comment. We love to see paint schemes, and uh, I mean that's what half of the racing is. It's just really the paint schemes and what the guys come out with. Yep. Yeah. So, well, well should we get into it here, fellas? Yep, here we go. I will, right, I'm so. going to take the lead here. We're going to jump in on this one. Go ahead I got my notepad here for your bullshit discussion here. I shouldn't say bullshit, but. Whoa. Hello. <laughs> all right. Put, Kellen's put the most work. Yep, here we go. So he's got all the <laughs> transitions. We're, yeah. All right. So are you, so are you going from a uh, 10 to one here or is this just. In random order. Yep, 10 to 1. Okay. All right, so kind of a precursor as to how I'm going to do this. I'm going to present a car, car, and then I'm going to read my notes on the next one and then open the paint scheme. So um, this first one should be pretty straightforward. Seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champ with 200 wins out of Level Cross, North Carolina, the STP 43 of Richard Petty. Um. Obviously has a ton of records. Um, I just love the Milwaukee Mile in the background. You, you can't not as a Wisconsin. <laughs> um, can't look at that and go, oh, that'll make the list. Um, but any rendition of that 43, I believe, is uh it's Richard Petty. It's he's got the records. I mean, look at that there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven records alone on the bottom of the screen. Yeah. So uh from an iconic scheme to uh, just a dominant race car driver, that that checks in at my number 10, which is crazy to think. The next driver, sponsored by Quaker State, he's the king of the outlaws, the 2017 Sprint Car Hall of Famer with 876 Sprint Car wins, 20 World of Outlaw Championships from Bloomington, Indiana, Steve Kinzer. So a little backstory on this one. Obviously, the accolades are another thing, uh, but... When you look at this, when I was a little tight, the very first sprint car I ever saw was this one. So I felt like that was the one kind of looking at it. And you can obviously see uh, he damn near won a thousand races, 577 world outlaw features alone. So um, the pilot Quaker state uh, sprint car certainly cracks the list at number nine, number eight. He's a dirt late model Hall of Famer, 1997 Dream winner, two-time Dirt Prairie Classic winner, two-time USA National Champion, 1999 NASCAR Asphalt Remax Rookie of the Year from Menominee, Wisconsin, 
Jimmy Mars. So obviously, again, uh, close to home here, quite the accolades. But that was an interesting fact to find the Asphalt Rookie of the Year in Jimmy Mars' adventures. So kind of tying the two together. But obviously, there's a little connection here with this one. Right above my noggin there. Um, <laughs> I felt that the the Mars and all with his chassis deal has to make the make the list. The next one. He's a seven-time champ, five consecutive, 83 wins, 232 top fives from El Cajun, California, Jimmy Johnson. So um, this iconic 48, this old, I don't want to say super late model look, but it kind of is. Um, I love that sleek nose and hood, but this iconic 48 with the big yellow swoop in there and a little blue on the back. Um Lowe's obviously sponsored him forever. Um, and when Jimmy was winning, it was in this, a rendition of this scheme. So he felt uh, <laughs> Jimmy had to make the list. So next one, he's a four-time World of Outlaw champ, a 2019 dream winner, three-time Prager Classic champ, three-time World Finals Finale winner, 2018 USA National winner from New Berlin, Illinois, Brandon Shepard. So I went with a little different rendition of this one. I don't know why I love this one so much, but the Bud, the Budweiser camel at the dome, that baby just sticks out. I don't know what it was. Um, this was one I had on the list that I, yeah, <laughs> the list. Dude, it was either between that or the black and orange camel, and I might have just yeah. Put, this this car is unreal. Love it. I just and to realize his age and all the accolades he has already, it, it, where do you even begin? Four-time world outlaw champ, 83 feature wins. He's the all-time leader. Five dirt track world championships. The Dream, Charlotte, Frager Classic, Illini 100, Silver Dollar Nationals, Wild West Shootout, and then uh, obviously our Cedar Lake National Adventure where we got to actually meet Brandon Shepard. So, I mean, it's one of those is damn near what hasn't he won yet. Well, that's exactly it. Next one, a little bit shorter bio, but I think this paint scheme is going to resonate with a few of you. He's got 26 NASCAR Cup wins, two-time Daytona 500 winner from Kannapolis, North Carolina, Dale Jr. So, again, that old scheme running for DEI with kind of the fins through the eight, uh, Budweiser, the little Ritz logo on the rear. That was, for me, when I see that, that is Dale Jr. So he obviously went on to drive the 88, and he did those things. But when you say Dale Jr., it's it's the black and red and white Budweiser car. So I've always um, liked the, uh, what is like, almost looks like that black E that comes from behind the, yep. the wheel. Yep. That always sold the car for me. So that was my six. We got four to go here as we're kind of keeping track. The next one, I don't really think he needs an introduction, so don't hold your breath. Last season, nine wins of $50,000 or more. XR Super Series champ with wins at the Knoxville Nationals, the Silver Dollar Nationals, World Finals Finale, the North-South 100, the Topless 100, earning more than $2 million on the season. Blairsville, Georgia's Jonathan Davenport. So when you think dirt late model racing, I think in – and Ricky Thornton Jr. can kind of attest to it a little bit when you talk about dirt late model racing. Um, <laughs> that season that Jonathan Davenport had, 
really put dirt late models on the map in terms of one, just the absolute season he had, but two, also the payouts they can uh, hand out. If you win all of these things in one season, um, 24 wins, 55 top fives, 69 top tens in 81 races. So have yourself a season, kind of an icon in uh, dirt late model racing. What number was that? That was number four. That was, I got, I got three left. So that's number four. Yeah, I got three left. The next one, four-time NASCAR Cup Series champ, 93 wins, 81 poles, 325 top fives, 475 top tens. From Vallejo, California, the DuPont 24, Jeff Gordon. Uh, again, just an iconic, the flames in the blue. I It's just growing up watching NASCAR for the first time. And again, the dude did some winning with this thing, but it was just that thing stuck out. So it's one of um, my favorite diecast cars that I have is that car. So Jeff Gordon cracks the top 10 coming in at number eight. All right. Coming in at number nine. Did you hold on? Did you start at one? Or did you start at 10? I started at 10. Okay. So you're down to that was number three. You're down to number two. Yep, and I'm going to take a lot of heat for this next one. You ready? The ASA Midwest Tours youngest youngest winner, oh, current driver yeah. for colleague, the Shockwave Marine Seats number nine from Stratford, Wisconsin, Derek Krause. Cracks the list at number nine. The old gen, <laughs> black and red number nine. We got a little piece of that hanging on the wall over here. He, uh, It's just a pure... Uh, he made the list because he deserved to make the list. That's where that happens to be there. Um, so you can uh, <laughs> you can see that that's a pretty slick looking race car, I might say. And your number one paint scheme, and I think we're going to have a few others that are going to match this. Seven time champ, seventy six time winner, four hundred and twenty eight top tens, twenty two poles from Canapolis, North Carolina. The Good Wrench Service number three of Dale Earnhardt Senior. And I went from his car from Talladega, so um, that was my that was my number one for my um, my top ten. So obviously had phenomenal career, lost his life in the line of battle. I would say, and to go on top of that, you have yourself here the race, the car that won that race. We got the one the one twenty fourth diecast. So. Felt like it was fitting for that one to make my uh now I know why you turned your screen off. Yeah, you betcha. I mean you can't just hand that in here and I go buy it. <laughs> that's the actually ball. pretty smart. I wish I were thought about that. Uh, yeah, I actually do off. one of the cards that's on my list. <laughs> and uh, I, muted I have myself. a version of it in my room. And I, I muted myself too, so I wasn't gonna let that uh <laughs> there's uh there's that would be my my top ten. All right. All right, I, I can't wait to discuss, but before we do that, Cam, are you ready for yours? Yep, Um, I am going to, I'm just trying to get this thing in, I got Google Slides in presentation mode. You're going to see some right off the bat when I share, but. If you, well, if you have it in, oh, I suppose, because you're on, uh, you're only you on one move, screen there. So there, is there a margin on the left that shows the slides? Yeah. 
can you move the margin and make the slides really small? That's what I did. Oh yeah. Now we're, now we're cooking with gas. <laughs> number one, but then move that margin over and you can, you can yes. share present. Oh boy. As you can tell, we're learning on the fly here. This is a, all right. Can you guys see? Oh yeah. Can you, I can you, tell you, you stole my theme because I got the same goddamn thing. You, the gray see, on the white. Can you see the, uh, can you guys see yourself on my screen or no? Yeah. Yeah. I'm moving you like this. No, oh, we are, we each have our own little thing. Yep. It's all. So up you move it where you need to go. Yep. We're good. So you see it in the bottom, right? Nope. It's in the top left, top right. Always. It's up there until I move it. So go ahead. Okay. All right. Uh, so yeah, I guess kind of sticking with the theme here. Um, I didn't put nearly as much research into it as what Kellen did there. And uh, to be honest with, with me, I was just sat there and spent some time just going off the cuff. What are some cars that I could remember um, that stuck out to me? And then also fast forward now the last, you know, couple years really getting into uh, where I'm at and stuff like that. So I will say one of this uh, for me. I guess I wasn't, I guess a little bit of bias in there. Uh, definitely some of my favorite drivers that, you know, people probably aren't going to be like, oh yeah, not the most flashy paint scheme, but uh, when there's some of your favorite drivers, uh, those paint schemes mean a little more to you. So um, just getting into it, let's jump right in. Number 10. Oh boy. Kurt Busch. Uh Driving the number two for Roger Penske back in the day, I believe it was 2002. Um, the number two Miller Lite car. Um, obviously, back in the day, wasn't when this car was driven, I wasn't a Miller Lite fan. Um, I am <laughs> right now. So uh, just kicking it back to this. Um, just, a, just a sharp looking car. You know, the got the text bottle on there. Yeah, yeah, the vortex bottle. There you the go, vortex bottle. Back in the day, that apparently made it a smoother down the throat, but <laughs> just a clean blue car. Nice Miller Lite logo in the hood, the bottle and the glass. I like the number right in the middle of the glass. So the uh, the accents, the yellow accents are beer. Yep. So um, no real meaning behind this one. Just thought it was sharp looking car. So uh, that came in at number ten. Jumping into number nine. Mark Martin CarQuest car. Um, I believe this car was driven in 2009. Um, and again, this was just a car that like, I'm not a real bright, you know, flashy paint scheme kind of person, but I just like the way this paint scheme just goes together. The bright yellow, the blue and the red. I just feel like with the car CarQuest logo, like I'm not a big bright paint scheme person, but this paint scheme definitely could pull it off. So, and that was one when Mark Martin was on top of his game. Oh yeah, big time. So, um, yeah, I guess another kind of surprise one that as I started getting into it, uh, came up, came to mind for me. So, threw it in there. Um, again, just a sharp looking car. I feel like that the blue, red, and bright yellow. Um, yeah, I think it goes. Goes together pretty well. So, wow. Number eight, Derek Krause, oh, 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 oh. number 19, 
Toyota Toyota Tundra, or I don't even know what they called these trucks back then. Yeah, um, so yeah, I guess kind of a surprise, and well, I guess not a surprise, but um, obviously with Kraus, uh, we are homers, and just thinking, you know, what kind of paint schemes I could find up. What just a clean paint scheme here. The American flag down the side, the boots, simple, clean, sharp. It was bad, fast, qualified on the pole at Nashville with this thing. Um, didn't get the results we were looking for, but again, this was just a simple, clean paint scheme. Love the American flag down the side. So, um, yeah, I love this one. What'd you say? So, wow. Coming in at number seven. Oh, I missed this one. Oh, yeah. Again, um, Kevin Harvick, good wrench car. Um, I will say, can't quite remember watching this car race, but when me and Kellen were little and we got, I mean, we got like a five-gallon bucket of die-cast race cars, there's probably got to be five or six of these in that bucket. So. Yeah. Um, saw the car from a young age, um, and just a clean car. Love the bright orange, black and gray in there. Just a clean paint scheme. So, um, one of these good, one of these Kevin Harvick good wrench cars had to go on there, and I was getting just down between this and then the just the plain gray one. And yeah. at the end of the day, I was just like, this black and gray with this bright orange, just a sharp looking car. So. Um. Yeah, love this bad boy. So, Ooh, okay, coming in at number seven, number six. Oh, so we already alluded to it, or I already alluded to it. Um, B Shep just released this paint scheme this summer. Um, the B five Longhorn. Um, yeah. Uh, was down. I honestly, I was kind of torn between all three of these new paints. So, that, from my understanding, it's the same scheme, just different colors. You know, and Kellen put the Budweiser B5 on there. He's also got just his yellow blue or just his regular blue and orange B5. Yeah. Honestly, all three of them could be on the top list, but um, <laughs> obviously, we're in Wisconsin. Got the hunting theme going this weekend's opening weekend of deer deer season. So um no, I guess I just love this. The black, orange, and the you know, throw the camel in in the middle down the side. So again, just a nice just clean, clean paint scheme. Really I am enjoy. a fan of that one too. Big time. Yeah. Um, so pretty awesome. Coming in at number five. No, no surprise, Kellen. That's why I asked what number we were on because we picked the same exact photo from Always Race Day. You had <laughs> him at number four. Um, I had him at number five. Again, um, obviously, if you guys watch these episodes, huge Jonathan Davenport, but also again, just a nice clean paint scheme. And when I think of paint schemes, you know, blue, black, and orange aren't three colors that are the first three colors that I would think. Oh yeah, that that would be a color scheme that I'd want but again this is just a I feel like it's just a clean 
but simple paint scheme. Nothing flashy, but still catches the eye. So a um, little bit of bias there picking, putting JD at five, but um, yeah, love this paint scheme. So, um, and then as we get into the top next four, um, these are just going to be uh, some tributes and some, some OGs that when I first started getting into racing, um, one of my favorites. So, Number four. Ooh. As you can see, we got the Dale Earnhardt Jr. Budweiser car at Talladega. Obviously not in a great position there, spinning on the infield. Um, but, yeah, I got that die cast behind me. Um, and those are like the from the Monte Carlo days because it's got the black, black stripes all the way back. Yep. Um, so, again, I just love this red. And then the black and white, I love the black top on it too. So, um, again, and when I first started getting into racing, Kellen, obviously our grandpa was a huge Earnhardt fan. So, naturally, that's what we grew up with. So, uh, for the longest time, was a Dale Earnhardt Jr. fan. So, uh, definitely um, just one of my favorite drivers. So. Number three. Oh, Ooh. yes. Wow. We went, we went with the Dale Earnhardt Sr. Good Wrench, Good Wrench and Bass Pro Shops Gold number three. Um, Obviously, we talked um, lengths about um, Earnhardt and what he meant to the sports and Obviously, I feel like every one of his paint schemes, you could do a top 10 of just his paint schemes with how iconic all of them are. So um, definitely was a battle trying to get down to which Earnhardt paint schemes go on here, because then it's like the Coca-Cola, the Wheaties. I mean, there's just you can go down the list of Earnhardt paint schemes that that could be on this list. But at the end of the day, um, just love this this gold car, gold and black, clean. Yeah. Well, number two, going back to growing up, my favorite driver, Alan Hart Jr. The old four or 500. Or sorry, that was 2005. That one is. I believe it was. Um, Again, I don't know what it was about this car, but when I, when we first, this was the first car I thought of right away. I Googled Dale Earnhardt Jr., white and red top Budweiser car. And this was the first car that came to mind. Um, so, yeah, obviously I, I just love Dale Jr. Um, and then again, I love this just clean car. Red, white, and gold. The white top, I feel like adds a nice little accent to the car, separates it nice. Um, so, yeah, this Sucker's bad to the bone. Side note, I've always loved like these Daytona action shots that they get. I think they're the perfect photo angle for paint schemes. That and the other thing I noticed right away is look at how look at how far down the rear end is lowered. Oh I yeah. Wheel well. <laughs> but, so yeah, I yeah. love I love the it's like kind of like an aerial, but it's not, you know? Yeah. 
Whoever that photographer is deserves a raise. Right there, we're talking. It's got the date, February 12th, 2005. That would have been the 500. Yep. Yep. Or one of the qualifying races. Yep. Yep. Uh, So, yeah, love this. Love this bad boy. Uh, Pretty sharp and clean car. And then coming in at number one, no surprise, the Intimidator. Just a good wrench. This thing is just clean cut, um, simple, iconic. Um, yeah. So obviously he was repping the Dale sweatshirt tonight, knowing I got him at number one. And ironically, we started the podcast late, and this is actually insane to think about. Um we started the podcast late because I didn't have, I couldn't find the one that I wanted. And I wanted that damn Dal- Talladega car with the orange spoiler on it, which <laughs> got number one. And so I was doing all this shit, Dale Earnhardt Jr. orange spoiler, this, that, and the other thing, trying to come up with where I could find it. And I found one picture, but I was just like, uh, I'm just going to go. This is like, this is OG intimidator. Oh. Um, you say Dale Earnhardt and like this paint scheme comes to mind. So um, again, love this paint scheme, clean, um, iconic, um, not the most flashy, but when you think Dale Earnhardt, like this is what comes to mind. So for sure. So that was my top 10. Um, and then obviously, as you can see, I don't have, um, I didn't have all the photo credits on there. Um, I guess I was just on Google images, so not trying to get myself in any, <laughs> any legal trouble there. Um, so yeah, I can try to try to go back and find them, but, um, yeah, it was just on Google images trying to narrow things down and trying to find what I, what I could. So, um, hopefully I can get, uh, some photo creds back on there, but, um, yeah, hopefully I don't get myself in trouble with that. That'd be good. I suppose I'm up then. So uh let's get my oh, time out. Time out. So I so we were all talking about he's got a theme. And I'm already putting two and two together that Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s Sun Drop Super Late model is gonna be on this top ten list. So I I Spoiler, it is not on the list. Oh, but I figured this would be a good shirt to wear on the occasion since we're talking about paint schemes because this is a very good race car to start off with. Good call. I was, I was looking so as I was looking the other night about some of these paint schemes that sun drop that sun drop late model that he drives. I was like, this is that was one of the ones that was in that 11 to 15 range. Yeah, that I ended up cutting off. So my general theme for this was iconic cars that dominated rate, like dominated stretches of the year. So like Kellen, I know we shared a couple that you had. All right. So, but I also got a couple of what could have been's in there as well. Yep. All right. So we'll just start with, this for the time being okay all right little so teaser. neither neither of these cars made it in oh, but these drivers really? may have made it in some way shape or form okay all right so you guys got a little bit of slack for uh 
having Kraus in your lineup. I am going to get a little slack for this as well. Cause again, talking about like when a car shows up to the track and you're like, Oh man, we got to race against him. Oop, if I can get mine to work here, I'm a Jeski 91 <laughs> I racing specifically the Chrome 91. Cause that when that Chrome 91 shows up, you know, that's going to be the bad, fast car. Um, that was the one that won him the snowball derby uh, a few years ago. And again, it's just when, when he shows up, it's, and especially in the Midwest, it's the, all right, who's, who's running second. Cause you know, he's going to be probably the one to win it, or he's going to be very, very, very tough to beat at that. So he comes in at number 10 on my list, uh, hitting on another, a little bit of the Midwest short track scene, but one of those guys that it, one of those, it could have been type of stories. And I've always just liked the simplicity of this car. The Larry Deachin's purple number 25. Yeah. I've always liked purple to start off with. And I think on, especially on a race car, it's different than your traditional, like black or, or all white type of car. Um, And again, one of those guys that was very, very high, highly praised by a lot of people about his driving skills that was just taken away too early due to a qualifying accident in uh, Kakana. So um, definitely one of those guys of what could have been if you would have been around for as long as everybody else was, but always a slick race car. And then, you know, Wasa, they always have the uh, Deachins car as a pace car for the Deachins Memorial too. So that one had to make the list in some way, shape or form. Uh, hitting on another short track guy up here in Wisconsin. And I think Kellen, you hinted at him uh, in our discussion earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. Another guy that was maybe taken away from us too soon. Joe Shear. Yeah, I thought about it. And that red, white, that specifically that red, white, and blue uh, car they had. So this one is at Madison. Capital Speedway would have been back in the day. Um, he was another one that when he showed up, you knew it was going to be a tough one to beat no matter which car it was and which track it was. He was just very good, especially in the old Artco days and the old ASA days. I mean, it's just one of those. He showed up, and he was going to be a contender right there up to the end. Um, again, another guy that was taken away too soon. And he even raced up into his 50s just before he did pass away of cancer. So, again, another another short track guy that had to make the list. Um, this one has always been one of my personal favorites on the short track scene, but it is a national guy and a NASCAR guy. It's the Mark Martin prototype late model. Ooh. And I like this one mainly because, again, it was one of those, he showed up, and he, especially with that car, he was a wrecking on the racetrack, especially his infamous no left, I believe it was the left rear shock was gone or left rear spring. He, he was always, he was infamous for running that car like that. So that prototype car, and even Mark Martin said too, that that is the best race car he has ever driven in all of his years. And that was the car that put him back on the map as far as getting back into NASCAR too. So uh, this is where the first one that, that we share comes into play. You had this one earlier, that Jimmy Johnson car. And I mean, I, the picture itself says it back to back champs. I mean, that car was iconic and I'm in the same agreement with you of like how the, how sleek the nose was and the entire car. I've always, the twisted sister was always what the name of the car was. I thought those were the baddest race cars in the world. I think those were the best performing race cars ever in NASCAR. Dude, I love those, especially 
You watch the videos, those guys haul off and qualify and they're running oh. like 8,000 RPMs. That Motors thing. are screaming. Yeah, singing. Yeah. So I there were many, many cars I took into consideration in that style of race car. You know, the Harvick, that Harvick uh, black and gray good wrench car, the Jeff Gordon car, Dale Jr. I mean, there were a ton of cars in that type of style of car that just looked slick. But this was the one I went with just because of the dominance that Johnson had when he showed up to the racetrack. I love the the simple yellow, simple yellow lines in there. Yeah, those those lines are those simple yellow lines lines around the front splitter, like it just makes the car pop. There were other versions of the Lowe's car, but the one that sells it for me is the black in the middle of the door. True, like that was the car for me. All the Lowe's cars. Yeah, it's a sharp car. Uh, so that came in at number six. So we're cracking the top five here now. Uh, I kind of hinted that there were some drivers that were on the title screen that made it into list, but not in those cars. One of them was Earnhardt, but it was for that Wrangler number three. Wrangler, all right. I've always loved the Wrangler cars, no matter who was driving them or what you know, what car they were on. I specifically love the '84 Monte Carlo, just because I've always thought that was that was the car back in the day too. So that that. Wrangler number three again was one of those that when he showed up to the track, I mean, you it was a force to be reckoned with. I mean, look at how many highlight reels he had in that number three car. The pass in the grass, the the windshield at at uh was it Richmond or yeah, Richmond. Um the going through the grass at the on the road course, I believe that one was Riverside. So I mean you just had a lot of iconic, iconic moments with that car as well. But again, one of my one of my favorite Earnhardt cars. That was a twelve to fifteen for me too. Uh, some yeah, this was one that I was like, uh, again, I had so many Earnhardt options. It was like, yep, uh, sucks cutting it off the list. But yep, and again, this is one of those like I also kind of stuck with like the car itself. So again, that A four Monte Carlo was it just that was the car for me. Uh, coming in at number four, and again, this is a little bit of the type of car, but it's also just a simplistic paint scheme, is the Wood Brothers car, and it's specifically that 71 Mercury Cyclone. David Pearson drove it. Kelly Arvo drove it. I mean, there were numerous number of drivers that drove for the Wood Brothers in those type of cars, but that gold chrome 21 coming down at Daytona, I mean, that was a slick car. One of my favorites of all time in the NASCAR scene. And again, having that style body of car, I just always thought that was slick too. I didn't. So I didn't realize, obviously I know the wood brothers is run 21, but I didn't know going way back this far, but as I was thinking about, I was doing some research on Sunday, the Harrison Burton, like 2023 with the gold 21. Yeah. That catches the eye. Just the simple red in those Gold numbers on the side, those yep. gold chrome numbers. Again, just a sleek paint scheme. You always saw it was always petty in that blue 43, and yep. the Wood Brothers and that red and white 21 were always duking it out with each other. Yeah, Burton's probably about to get fired, so. <laughs> uh, that came in at uh, number four. So number three. Last little shout out to the short track scene. And again, going to that other driver that was at the beginning, 
that Dick Trickle, the white knight race car. Uh saw this one at lacrosse. I mean, that's just slick. And especially the whole night thing that they had going. The the white knight, the blue knight, and the purple knight. Dick Trickle also ended up being the purple knight there for a while, but I was always a fan of the white knight car personally. It's just nothing nothing screamed cool than him running that car and then coming out with his wingtip boots on with a cigarette in victory lane. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just screened with it. That 99 Miller light high life car in the background is also a slick car. But if I, if between Dick trickles cars, I always like that 99. Hey, uh, and if you look, if you look on the, on the pillar right behind the driver's seat, there's the ASA logo. Yep. It's now back on the tour. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And again, you know, it's a replica car or it is the exact car. If it's got the cigarette lighter on the, in the center console of the car. So if you ever look at them, take a look. I bet you there's a cigarette lighter. Uh, coming in at number two, uh, another one of those guys that what could have been if he'd have been around for as long as he was. Kellen, you mentioned this a little bit too, but Alan Kawicki in that oh, Underbird car. He, I have the <laughs> exact same picture. He was like number 11. That under, especially the Underbird car. Talk about a group of guys that just busted their tails and, and, Really just took it to the big team guys. He did it on his own. He had his own. It was his his team. He wrote all the checks. He made all the phone calls. He had every say to do with that car. And he goes in and wins a championship uh, by beating, again, some of the big name cars like Davey Allison, Bill Elliott. Um, ah, there was one more in that title fight, but I don't remember who it was. But, um, no, it's just I always loved the under, especially the underbird. Um yeah, Alan Quickie again, one of those guys that who knows what could have done he could have done if he would have been around longer. Um, and coming in at number one, I mean, you have to go with the Petty Car STP, but I went specifically with that Dodge Charger. Well, that's just that just screams America right there, in my opinion. Dodge Charger, STP, Richard Petty. Again, nothing screams cool like that. Coming out yep. with a sickle mustache and sly yep. grin that he's always had, and that, that four twenty six on the hood too. Yep, yep. And again, that was you see that car and that David Pearson car going back and forth with each other, especially at Daytona. I mean, it just it was phenomenal. That was the definition of win on Sunday and sell on Monday on those days. So, yep. um, ultimately, that is my top ten. Um. Again, I think we had three very drastic and different uh, scenarios there, but I think we got ourselves a hell of a list here. For sure. So uh, I guess one thing off the cuff, I would like to go around and just ping you guys on, you know, what are, I guess, right now, after going through what, what sparked, what did you guys miss? What was your guys' 11 to 15? What were some of those cars that that were fringe, but um, you cut off? And then after seeing some of them, is there any that popped to mind that you're like, ah, damn it, that should have been in the top 10? Uh, the Jeff Gordon DuPont car was definitely like in my 11 to 15. Yeah. And the only reason I didn't go with that was, like I said, I kind of went with cars that were really dominant in the eras of it so in like that 2007 range he was good but not jimmy johnson good 
That's her. So, like I, I said, it's kind of the style car too. So, you know, you saw the evolution from the old one Monte Carlos to the uh, SSs of the old sevens, and I just that old seven car was just mint. Yeah, that was I. Mine was Kowicki. I I had them on there, and honestly, I had the, the the paint scheme of that car, and I even had the picture from the NASCAR Hall of Fame with that yeah. hauler going around Bristol the last time with that car in there. Like, yeah, I had that, and I just started doing a little research. I'm like, I there's there was too much that I just like I felt like I couldn't leave them off the list. So, Kowicki was one that. He'd have been there. I contemplated Shear. Uh, he was another one. Um, I contemplated the Jim Sauter from the same time. From the I same looked time. at him too. I the, looked the at red. that silver five. Okay, you looked at the silver one. I looked at the red one that said Dairyland down the down sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was another one. Um, I looked yeah. at Brandon Shepard in that orange car, but I'm like, God, I just. It's a good car, but just not top 10 for me at the moment, just with me having my background with the late models in the NASCAR. Honestly, I went I went dome because I knew that car was going to make Cam's top 10. Sure. I didn't even have to know what I knew. I'm like, all right. So I gave up, and that dome picture came up. I'm like, the Budweiser and the Camel. I'm like, yep, that's it. There <laughs> were a couple was- of junior Budweiser cars that definitely would have been the top 15 as well. I f- always forget, like, the – Born on this date, and like he had that all star car that he won with in, in 01, the MLB all star game one. Um, he always had a couple of special ones when he went to Daytona. I always forget about those ones, but that red one was always just the iconic one, too. Yeah, and I, that was one of the things like, so we obviously put our heads together and said, Hey, first off season topic, we had gave ourselves no direction other than pick your top 10. <laughs> and so that was like when I was going through it, it's like, okay, like. Obviously, my top four, you know, being Earnhardt Jr., Earnhardt Sr., Earnhardt Jr., Earnhardt Sr., like, obviously, those were more, like, those were iconic. Like, you say those names, like, those some of those paint schemes come to mind. So, as, like, I was going through, I was like, do I stick with, like, the iconic scheme? And then it's like, well, I was kind of all over the place because, like, that B-Shep B5, like, he just rolled that out in August. So, it's like, that's that thing's fresh off the press. Um, so yeah, that was something that was always, uh, that was bouncing in my mind was, do I, you know, kind of stick with the iconic theme or, you know, whatever. So I kind of mixed bag, but I tried to stay away from like the one-off schemes just because, yeah, they're great, but you kind of forget about them afterwards. Right. You got to do some digging just like we did. Yeah. Yep. You come across them. It's like, you look at the Dale senior schemes. He had the Oreos. He had the good wrench. He had the Coke. He had well, the and then like when he won the five hundred, he had that big plus on the hood. Yeah, yep, the big white emblem. Like he had all these different variations. I've got all the diecasts in the in the living room, but um, you look up the one offs, and it's like, oh, he ran that thing too. The Bass Pro Shops was another one. He ran the silver one. There was a silver one he ran. He had that, he had a couple variations. The Wrangler one. Yep. I mean, you could have had a list of 30 of him alone. Oh, yeah. Christ. I think we've come up with a list of 30 altogether. Like, there's just, it would have been better to have a 30 because at least the only concern would have been just what order they go in. Let alone eliminate them. Yeah. 
I would say um, two of the two of the like right away that come to come to the top of my mind right away that was like one that I was struggling with was the Kevin Harvick good wrench, the white and red car. Yep. That was one that I was struggling with. I also last minute as we were getting ready to go live, I had Brad Sweet on there. Just his all oh, that Napa, yeah. That Napa paint scheme was yeah. Some- you're you're regretting not having that one on there, are you? So I was just like, I had it on there, but I was just like, ah, I, I like I didn't know of any like really old like dirt paint schemes. Like I was looking at a couple guys, like the Steve Kinzer one actually kind of threw me off. I was a little surprised that you threw that one in there. Um, oh. Jimmy Mars, I kind of expected, especially with you having the door on there. <laughs> yeah, um, that's given. Like, I was like, God, I just don't, like, I looked at Bloomquist real quick, but most of the ones that I saw were from, like, current day. I looked at Bloomer, too. And I'm just, like, I couldn't pull the trigger on any of the dirt guys, so I'm like, I just got to go with something that I know and I'm comfortable with, and it had to have been the NASCAR and the local short track scene. The other one I thought about, and this is, like, way, way back in the day, would have been Jack Boggs. He was a... A historic dirt super late mile guy from way back in the day, like even yeah. before Boomer's time. Like he, when people talk records, they say Jack Boggs. Like that was the only reason he was the original. Out. Yes, correct. He was Bloomer before Bloomer dominate, dominated everything in the early 2000s. Another one that came to mind as far as like the suit loop super late model ones, he was in my top 10 originally before I knocked him out just to kind of stick with the theme was that Chris Weinkov car. The pink one? The pink one, the multicolor yep. one. Yep. That one was in my list too. Or his older one from a little bit earlier was more like solid pink, but it was like reflective and metallic. Yep. That was another one that I that crossed my mind. Yep. The Chris Weinkoff car came came across my mind too. So the other two, uh, I I had this computer was smoking trying to find these pictures last night. I sent them both to Cam. I thought about it because they were literally guys that we watched weekly. And when you went to the race, you knew the first guy they got to pick, and he was going to pick Dean LaPointe at Marshall. You're going to be pretty good to win the feature. Oh, yeah. Dean LaPointe had that black and orange kind of checkered flag yep. feel with the white logo. Yep. I thought about him. And then the other one I thought was back in the day at Monster Hall, which the place is not open anymore. Um, Troy Kuyath. Won uh 1999 was on a national championship running there, and like you had guys like Joe Duvall running there, you had um, you had Kevin Adams from all builds motors for modifieds, like the field, the guys that ran there for points, it was insane. But again, it was a car that we watched every single week, so that was the part for me that it's like when somebody got to pick, you were gonna pick Troy Kuyoth or Jed Moore, and another one that kind of came to mind as far as like, yeah, I've you know, one or the other. Well, you know, comparing it to Dick Trickle was Tom Ruffner. That was another one that popped up for me. For sure. So that would kind of be like my my fifth, my top 15, I would say. And that was something where I was like struggling to really, I guess, you know, back in those days, I couldn't always remember. I obviously remember Dean LaPointe, you know, some of that stuff and the Weinkoffs and some of those guys when we first started going to that local stuff, but I will say one of the side, so I guess that leads me to my point of, I was definitely lacking the short track scene. Cause just cause lack of knowledge. So I was mainly stuck in the cup series of like when I was first introduced, what, you know, what was, but a couple and, of that, 
I left off was the Sterling Marlin. Sterling Marlin. The Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet. Yeah. I left that one off. And then another one that maybe is not real iconic or, you know, flashy, but was the Dale Jarrett 88 UPS car. I looked at that his, was, uh, I looked at the quality care of that blue 88 that yep. he ran. I looked at that one. Um, I also looked at Kale Yarbrough. I I all love Kale Yarbrough, and I was looking at some of his cars. I know, like I love him in Ward Brothers, but I was looking at the Holly Farms that eleven orange and white car that he ran, or also the Hardy's car that he ran. Like those, I thought I thought about those two as well. Well, I asked one that kind of got axed off my list. This would be like my 15. Um, and Cam, you almost picked it. Would have been the Kurt Busch 97 Silver Sharpie car. The Silver Sharpie car? I don't know if I know that one. That It, it was a silver. It had a silver Sharpie on the door. And it was like a silver. Not a metallic, but it was like kind of a shiny little bit. Not chrome, but it was shiny silver a little bit. Oh, oh. Was... Here, I'm going to share my screen here real quick. That was another one that crossed my my big noggin. You talking? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's one? it right there. You betcha. And that's at Bristol too, so you know that was a slick race car. Yeah, underneath the lights for sure. But yeah, that was the that would be my last one. I would say that didn't make the list. Obviously, uh, for me, some of the some of the other bias that I had was so I was going through, and obviously. You can, I only threw one cross scheme on there, but I was going through some of his schemes and I'm like, shit, some of those Napa trucks that he ran when he ran for McNally, those things were clean. Uh, he, had, he had a black Napa Super that he ran out west one year. Yeah, I remember that, that one. That was one of the, that was when I was thinking about, do I throw a super late, an asphalt super late model on there? I'm like, I know Kellen's got the black and red covered. So if I'm going to throw a crow super late model, I got to change it up, which means we go back to either super OG where he's running the black and orange nine or, um, yep, there yep. it is. Yep. Uh, and you got this, that was the next gen. I thought about that one a little bit or this picture here, a little bit more red. Yep. That's what I was down to. But yeah, so I was, I was obviously looking at some of his truck schemes. And he had some sharp truck schemes actually at where he ran the uh I think it was the Daryl Waltrip throwback 19 where he almost won it, I think Darlington. That was another sharp truck that he had. Um speaking of Waltrip, I had his uh Mountain Dew and Gatorade cars in consideration. Thought about picking the car that he pushed Junior to the win. I had a I had a Harry Gantz Kodak car or skull skull it was the skull car i had that one in there too and <laughs> he helped us the true car he helped oh my god i had uh uh that old seven clint boyers jack daniels car oh yeah yep. that's it that yep. one was in consideration too oh, and... i put the white lettering down the, down well, the what made it what what made it great for me was that they incorporated the jack daniels old seven into the car number like that, that sold the car. Right. For that sure. was a Jack Daniels car. Yep. It was not an RCR car. It was not a Clint Boyer car. It was a Jack Daniels car. Yep. The liquor car. For sure. Uh, 
Cam, you threw me off a little bit with your first two, like the Kurt Busch, Miller Lite, and then the Mark Martin Car Quest ones. But I then you mentioned, it. like, those were, like, the first cars that you kind of, like, remember from when you first got into it. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Like, those are the ones that just stick with you. Yeah, like, the Mar- I'd say the Mark Martin one more. Um, so, I obviously, for people that don't know, I like Miller Lite. So, like, <laughs> obviously, I didn't. Obviously, I didn't re- realize growing up, you know, whatever that Kurt Busch car was from early on. But so I was like, I got to throw an ode to the beer I drank, Miller Lite. So I started going through like Brad K had some sweet schemes. I love just the white Miller Lite car. And some Coke 600 where you throw a little American flag on yep. that. Too. I was like, ah, shoot. But uh, yeah, and then the the Kellogg's car, I'm pretty sure we had a die cast growing up. Um of a couple uh Mark Martin five Kellogg's and CarQuest made a couple die casts. So when I was thinking OG, I'm like right away I went to the bucket of die casts that we have and I'm like, what could I think of right off the bat? And Mark Martin popped into mind. So I was like, ah, I gotta throw thrown out too. He's well, it's an OG too. So those are the cars when we were little kids and we take them out of the concrete and you set them on their side. And you scuff them up like they were in a wreck, and then you wave yep. them up real quick, and you bring them back to the kitchen table. Then you got and you got them going around a circle, and that's yeah. where those. Yep, for sure. The Vavilin Mark Martin cars also got taken. That was another one that I was looking at when I was looking at Mark Martin schemes. But also, side note, as we're talking about you know those little die casts for people that don't realize, growing up, you know, you had the rubber tires that you could take off. Oh, um, yeah, and I don't, I don't know why, but stop. Our Jackman Kellen just loved chewing on shit. So <laughs> dude, dude would chew on tires like stop. I used to use chew on tires and I was good now because this one's still got this one's got some rubber on it. Yeah. <laughs> Kellen used to chew the tires on those and then mom still kept it, but his pencils from when he was in, I don't know if he was nervous or like from kindergarten. He had like those thick pencils that were like this, and dude would just privacy. <laughs> dude would just gnaw on them things, but yeah, that talk uh, talking about like what you guys did with the old one sixty fours. I used to have like the four lane drag race car, but like it's it was the hill on the way down. Yep. So I was I always had weekend tournaments of you know the cars would race against each other. Yeah. I just remember sitting at the kitchen table and on one end you'd get them out and it's what you could do is you would race them, but you could only go as many cars as you could get in your hand. Yep. It's yep. typically about four yep. wide. It's typically about four wide and you're just driving them around in circles on the kitchen table. You always, you always lose either the thumb or the pinky. Oh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> the whole race was in the four wide salute. <laughs> well, but if oh was, my god the best part was is that that kitchen table had the perfect seams that it, it made like a martinsville paperclip almost it just the seams on that tile top that and it was just enough that you'd have to reach but it wasn't like you were reaching over the table so it, yeah. it worked awesome and then our kitchen table had like a two or three inch like wood trim around the outside and the top that made the perfect pit lane too. You <laughs> up on the side, like, Hey, these guys aren't racing. Yep. I only got four, four cars I can race. Yep. But, yeah, oh my God. I had the, I had like the box 
the big box carrying case that all had all my cars in it, it was double sided, so I could carry them in there. Always had a numerical order, like I knew who each driver was, and then I, I graduated up to the big cars. I gotta, I gotta go look for one car because I think I might have a diecast now that we're talking. actually the most recent 124 is the one I got, or 164 is this Ryan Blaney one. And That's the true. reason I got this one was because I needed something to go with my hauler. Oh, nice. Is that championship car or no? No, this was just the generic uh, uh, Duracell car. Oh, yes. <laughs> Tasmanian devil. The old oh. Goodrich 29, Kevin Hart. And the best part was, if you look at that, there's screws on the bottom of that thing, and I had it all cheated up like it was racing on dirt. <laughs> that thing's got a little flex on the bottom. Turn that around and push it on the rear tires a little bit. <laughs> Maybe he's got a little flex in there. I when you brought that car up, the first thing I thought of when you brought that up, the first thing I thought of was that 29 uh nationwide car, the holiday in car. Yeah. That was the first thing I thought of. That was a slick race car too. But that cam, that car was all cheated up. That was a dirt car. NASCAR gone dirt. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So this this is one, but yeah, that's something next week when we're home for Thanksgiving, we should get that. Bucket out. We should go through now that we're. There's a couple white Earnhardt seniors in there too, I think. But this one's got the, the trunk lid in the. Yep. In the hood that opens. God damn it, dude. No, we could spend a lot of money on diecast cars. I do spend a lot of money on diecast cars. What are you talking about? Well, I did. I quit. I gotta quit. Oh, there's another one. Cool. <laughs> Again, <laughs> you know, I we talked last week about like how much money I spent on championship merch for Blaney. That I don't even want to talk about how much money I spent on diecast cars. <laughs> that too. <laughs> well, should I we? Uh, I didn't even realize, bro. I got it sitting right in the. Oh hell yeah! Got the playing card in there and everything, and it's still in package. At a boy. Yep. That one. Should we? Uh, you want to try and narrow down a top five here, fellas? Let's yeah, spend. I... Let's spend ten minutes. Let's rapid fire. Right, I think I think the easiest way would be each of us review our top ten, and like each of us narrow it down personally to like two. Well, that leaves you six. I was gonna say at least three because that would give. I was gonna say three because then we yeah. Yep. Okay. So I guess review your own. I would say let's review our own and then. Well, I've got one already. Well, that's we got two. Cool. Yep, got one. Man, girl, are you putting Petty in there or no? Yeah. Okay, I'll I'll leave them all done. Okay. No, are you putting the Intimidator in there? Yeah, I got my my Dale Senior Dagger car in there. Yeah. I also put Johnson in there too. Okay, got it. Who's going, what do we got for Dale Jr.? Because he's not going to go missed. I don't have any juniors, so that's on you two. Damn, I think we take yours. I like the one with the black stripes on the side. Okay. So Dale Jr., well, God Christ, this is getting pretty easy because I'm down to one yet. Unless I, I don't know, well, I guess we can stick him in there and we can talk about it. You guys doing any, uh, actually, none of you. You guys throwing any dirt guys in there? Or are you stick at NASCAR. 
I feel like I like I think this is going to tend towards NASCAR. Probably, yeah. I mean, I thought about B-Shop, but I just don't think it's as quite as iconic to racing as we've and I th- envisioned this to be, I think. And, like, I thought about the trickle white knight car. Yeah. But the, I looked at the other four, the four that I have selected. I'm like, God, that's going to be tough to beat. All right. I, I, guess I, got, I guess I got my three. Three got- or four? I got four. Oh, sorry, we were picking three, so I got to get rid of one here. Fuck. I only got two, so don't stress too hard. Well, I'm good. Okay, I figured out. All right, I know which one I'm getting rid of, and I hate to say that I'm getting rid of it. Okay. Van Gro, go first. What's your last three? My last three are going to be the Johnson, the 07 Johnson car. I'm going to go with the 21 Wood Brothers car. And then I'm going to go with the Richard Petty, the Dodge car, that Dodge Charger as my three. Yeah, you got 10 cars. You you got it down to two. Why you got it down to two? Well, because we kind of double dipped a little bit. I was going to put Dale Jr. in there, but you got you got the one that I – you found one better that I like. Um, obviously, the Dale Sr. Daga car is going to get in there. Um, was that 2000 Daga, I believe it is? Yes. That one gets in there. The other one I had is – and I guess you kind of leave it open because you took the 07 Johnson was going to be uh, probably Gordon with that DuPont scheme. Sure. So, I mean, I look at it like Jimmy Mars is iconic, but not quite as other as other dirt late model guys. Like, I like him because like it's brown hair. Uh... Yeah, right. Bloomquist is the one that comes to mind. Um, but... You you got you got the petty in there, so that that we don't need to. Um, so I kind of eliminated mine right out of the gate. I mean, B Shep is kind of a here and now type of scheme. I think when you look at it in five or ten years, it might be a different conversation. Sure. When he's slowing I think, down, I think but, that's the same conversation for JD. Yeah, the here and the now. Yeah, for sure. When you were doing your when you were reading off your stats. I originally thought you were going with RTJ, and I even had RTJ written down, and then you popped the JD car <laughs> up. I'm like, fuck, I got to scribble this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that was uh, – I just took him because when we look back at that year, it's going to be the JD oh. year. Yep. So. And I guess right, – so you got my, two. Yeah, I got two. I guess my final three is – so we kind of decided I'm going to throw the Dale Jr., Kind of pains me that I'm throwing out that white. The board on the date one. Yeah, you're uh, throwing it out or you're putting it in the top three. No, well, we just need one. I, I'm I'm, I'm throwing it out. Um, so you're going with the classic DEI one. Yeah, the eight lines. Yep, for sure. Oh, eight with the lines. This one. Yep. You're going with that one is in. Okay. Yep. Sounds good. He's he's still making up his mind. It's clean. But this one's iconic. Yeah, we'll throw this one in there. Okay. Um yeah, two more. This one again, I just can't get over this one. <laughs> you gotta throw this one in there. Okay. And, and I guess I'm gonna double down. We got him in there again, but is he that iconic? We could get him in there twice. This gold. 
I'm leaving a slot open. I only had two cars, so the window is open. So you got to remember, we got to narrow this down to a top five then too yet. So we got three, six, we got eight cars. Yeah, so we got to terminate three. Oh, holy Christ, you guys, this is harder than I thought. Honest, you know, I love the car, but if I'm going to eliminate one right out of the gate, I would have to eliminate the Harvard grain black one. Okay. If I had a vote. Okay. Good thing you don't have a vote. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to eliminate one more. Well, okay, so let's do this. So I guess let's each. First, yeah, let's, let's each just do a them. vote. Let's each pick two cars. And if. If all three of us pick the same car, obviously that's get that gets eliminated. Yep. Yep. Let's just do that. Let's each pick two cars and then we'll we'll vote on that. So I've got one. We got to eliminate pick... three. I got. Well, we'll, we'll eliminate them by process. So even if we eliminate one on this vote, that's one that we eliminate. Correct. Because you each if we each pick two, that's still six for a list of five. There, big math guy. Okay, so I've got. You've got Johnson, the 21 Wood brothers, and you got Richard Petty. Kellen's got Dale Sr. and Gordon. I got Dale Jr., Kevin Harvick, and Dale Sr. So we got eight total. And I've got my two that I would vote right now. Which are? Uh, the Harvick car. Are out? Harvick car's out. Okay. And then, and again, this it, it pains me to do this, that I hate to do this, but that Bass Pro Shops car. Okay. It's a one-off. Like idea. if I have to, if I have to, if I have those, are my two. Yeah. Yeah. And Scam, I'm sorry, they're they're your two picks, but those are the <laughs> two that I got. I'm trying not to target you. <laughs> well, I guess what comes to mind for me right off the bat is the 21 Wood Brothers. Okay. I would agree. Okay, yeah. so that's two volts yeah. there. Again, the other one that's. Not to target if looking at my list, the three that I thought I would eliminate probably right off the bat would be the Dale Senior, the gold bass pro shop. Okay. Kel, are you are you kind of on that same boat? Yeah, it's not iconic, it's a one-off, I think. Okay, so okay. that car is we'll eliminate that one now. That yep. one's gone. So that one's out. Um and I guess I wasn't ready to throw the Harvard car out, so I guess I was gonna throw a vote at old Jeffy Gordon. Okay. Well, I, at the end of the day, what it's down to is it's down to Gordon and Harvick, and we got to eliminate one. I if I was good, like it. Next one on my list of eliminations would have been the Gordon car. Like he would have been number three as far as like eliminations go. You would have been you'd have been Gordon and then Harvick, or Harvick and then Gordon. It would have been Harvick, Bass Pro, then Gordon. So you're saying keep him. He's more on the keep list than he is the the cut. Well, if he's a majority vote, then I'm okay with the vote. Well, I had it down to two going in, so. God damn it, this is hard. Do what I know. We still got, well, no, we got two cars we got to get out of here yet. So what cars do we have that are locked in? Let's go for this one. Yeah, thing. let's do that. So Dale Sr. at Dang, I think, is locked in, correct? Yes. I could agree with that. Yep. Hill Jr., that eight car. Uh, I'm not 100% sold. 
I'm looking. Hold on, I'm looking at the list here. I'm oh. yeah, I'm not 100 percent sold on that one. On the the black and red Dale Jr. Actually, yeah, I am. I am. I'm I'm on that list. Yep. That's better. I think uh I think we could agree that the petty car is on the list. One of the petties, yep. I would say yeah. your yours. Okay. Well, Cam, you're well, in agreement. Petty car is on the list. Yep. Okay. Well, so I got pretty, two more yet. Yep. I what about Johnson? I had a Johnson. I just didn't list it because you had one. So sure. Cam. We had the same car with a different picture. Okay. You you good with Johnson or I think so. Okay. okay. One more. So we're got so what we have left, we have the Wood Pearson Brothers. Wood Brothers 21. Yep. The Gordon DuPont car. Yep. The Harvick Gray and Black. Those are our three left. Maybe we leave this open for the comments to vote. Let the comments decide. I think we got our four, but I think we let the comments decide. Think so? Cam? Uh, or are we, or are we picking one? I was going to say, this top five is in no particular order. This is just, yeah. this is just I our guess, five. I yeah. guess we could... My thought process, if I were to eliminate those three cars, my order of elimination would be the Wood Brothers, Gordon, Harvick. So Harvick would get the fifth spot. Okay. And I would say that's strictly out of, for me, it's recency bias growing up. Like, I can't. Sure. You know, the Wood Brothers car, obviously clean car, but, you know, had yep you know whatever and then it's, so for me it's you know who do i know on the paint schemes i know coming down to gordon and harvick the gordon car is definitely iconic but so is the harvick and then i guess when they're both iconic then it's like which one do you like more and for me it's i like the the gray black and or the gray black orange and sure. silver. so yeah, at the end of the day we left it open for interpretation yep kellen you got to vote at all or out of those three, I'm literally 50 50. If you want to decide, I'm good with Gordon or Harvick. Honestly, God, I can't decide. Like I said, I, I prefer the Gordon over the Harvick. Well, then I got to make a decision. Yeah. So you got to decide Gordon over Harvick. I think we're all in agreement that, that Wood Brothers is out at this point. Correct. Yeah. He's right. out. Johnson, Petty. I feel like we're on a episode of survivor who's getting voted off the island <laughs> well, for real like and it's, it's nobody knows options. and nobody knows who's voting so there's some backstabbing going on <laughs> yeah. right so we're down to the final vote here let's do or do we take four? Four? what just take four i'm okay with four otherwise i was just going to do the simple flip a coin whoever's what is what Yeah, we're giving you an option. You could put the dagger in this and round off this top five. The coin. I'm literally 50-50. I'm going to call it in the air, too. Okay, so you want to do heads? You want to do heads as Gordon, tails as Harvick? No, let's go heads, Harvick. And the H's both together there, Tiger. Heads, Harvick, tails, Gordon, okay? Oh. Oh. 
Heads Harvick. Harvick is in. All Harvick right. is in. Okay, was... so our top five in no particular order is going to be the Dale Senior Dega car. Yep. The number eight DEI car for Dale Jr. Yep. The Harvick gray and black flamed uh, car. We're going to go with Jimmy Johnson's 07 Lowe's car. Yep. And then the Richard Petty 43 STP car. Yep. Those sure. are That's our top five. That's, I mean, we're splitting hairs here, guys. This is <laughs> just, oh, in the heart. Okay. Oh, we got it to five. I Not without a little controversy to say. Yeah, least. I'd say so. But, no, I'm intrigued if, uh, you know, when we do put these out, we definitely want to hear comments, what you guys think, what we didn't put on the list, what we should have put on the list, who should have been in the top five, who shouldn't have been. Yeah. I got a feeling sure. we're just going to get blasted for ones that we didn't even think about. Didn't oh. even, There's going to be so many good ones that it's like, we're going to read them and it's going to be like, how did I forget that? Absolutely. But, <laughs> but yeah, I – Hell of a discussion. The, the, the Gordon and Harvick was. That's oh, it was a toss up. I'm, up. I'm thinking about Gordon right now, and it's like, yeah, probably is more iconic. Could get thrown in there, definitely. But but that Harvick car was just like, it was sweet. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Be interested to see what what the people got to say, and um, yeah, it was actually a lot of fun. Tell you what, that was a hell of a time. The time flew by on that one. Holy cow! Yeah. For real. That was awesome. Um, any last thoughts before we do some quick race previews for this coming weekend? No, I'm. I think we, like we, it's just stressed the point from the get go is there's there's we we had it to thirty and there's a million we didn't throw in there that yep. are going to be in there, but with a little bit of our own personal influence, we got it down to ten a person and. We got it down to five total. As so, group. Yep. but you got to remember that's also coming from the cars we've watched and the cars we've seen and and what we know as or believe our personal favorites, iconic. Yep, as yep. well, for sure. So, hot and heavy debate there for a little while. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, and I I guess honestly, for the first off season episode, had a ton of fun doing this. Um, yes, so many good options. Ton of fun looking takes you actually back down memory lane of like like the Harvard car was like yeah I first got introduced to this car when I was a little tight when I was five or six years old yep. playing yep. diecast cars on the table so um and then you throw it back to like the Jimmy Johnson just the domination for the period of time where it's yep. just like all right well, Jimmy Johnson's gonna win the championship this year showing up to every race winning it to the most iconic Racers almost, you could argue, in the sport. Petty, Dale Sr., and Dale Jr. So, um, no, I had a ton of fun doing this. Um, it was an absolute fantastic first off-season episode. So, let's figure now that we got it down to five, we could rank them five to one. Oh, <laughs> no, don't ask that much yeah, out of me, man. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Don't but, ask that much out of you, man. Yeah, that was hard enough narrowing it down. But, no, that honestly, that was – a ton of fun that I just had. And it, honestly, I like doing too, that. It was, Hey, we had no idea what either of us were going to. Yep. Ne- nobody knew. Hey, bring your top 10. 
any car, any series. Um, so we all had no idea what we were bringing to the table. So um, had a ton of fun, just the live kind of look in and reaction. And wow. I would and, say, the, and, the, and the discussion afterwards too. I mean, yeah. that discussion went everywhere too. I would say the pit crew definitely uh, nailed the stop there on this one. Um, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Um, let's do some quick race previews here. Um, we'll start with the Hunt the Front Nerd Series. Uh, they're going to be wrapping up their season. I just, I love this track name. And I love this race name. Duck <laughs> River Raceway for the Gobbler <laughs> for a cool 10 grand. <laughs> yep. Um, and side note, uh, two of the joiners are racing in the twenty or two point four hours of Lamullets down at the Freedom Factory. So <laughs> they're, they're racing, they're racing that race, and then they're going to catch a flight on the way up to meet the hauler at Duck River. So, what kind of cars are those? Those Crown Vicks? Absolutely, they are full cage Crown Vic, a little camber, a little shock yeah. adjustment. They got Hell the yeah. whole setup in there, so. Um, he's also your defending winner of the last Crown Vic race at Bristol when he won that Camaro. So, uh, joiner's got a butt. That, you got to remember this race has got the kidney bean in it. There's a little, there's a little kidney bean on the back stretch. So, oh my god, it's not just an oval. So the uh, I tell you what, the Freedom Factory guys love their Crown Vicks. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> Um, otherwise, don't even think about searching marketplace for one because he's got them scooped up. Yeah, exactly. And he'll pay double the price just to get them. <laughs> Correct. Um, anything you guys are looking at for that race at all? Oh, I just think that yeah, it's kind of if you want to watch the dirt supers, that's going to be on Hunt the Front, uh, Hunt the Front TV on their streaming deal. So we'll unfortunately be able to, to watch that one, but um. Freedom Factory's got their own live stream as well. So if you want to watch that one as well, you can watch that. They get a whole weekend of stuff down there. So sure. Um kind of a lot of action. Just We're sit back, relax, and check in some race monitor or my race pass or whatever we can yep. get our hands on to see where they're at. So absolutely. No, no real big storylines for me either on that, but um just I guess on the front kind of wrapping wrapping up the, the first inaugural. Not the front dirt dirt series. So um yeah, it's kind of a cool deal what Hunt the Front's put on there for that kind of southeast corner of the, of the states. Um so be interested to see they release their schedule and obviously there looks like they're trying to just keep growing it. So uh bigger paydays, this, that, and the other thing. So definitely interesting to see where that's gonna go and um I don't know. I just saw on their Facebook that one of the races that he finished fourth in recently, and I don't know if it was announced or what, but he just finished a race and it said fourth to third after lab results at maybe his Alltech. But I saw it on Facebook and I, and I national one hundred. But then I scrolled down and I saw Kyle Bronson DNQ. Ooh, I, I that would be the national one hundred because that was the last place they ran together, I believe. So I was wondering, he said fourth to third after lab results, which made me think, was there something? Uh, we'll cheat it up rubber, huh? Yeah. Hmm. But anyways, I'll look it up. Um, 
Another one, another one that I got in the preview here, and this is just, I think, for the circumstances around it, is the Formula One Vegas street course race. It's the inaugural race for that. I know we don't talk a whole lot of Formula One, but I think it's just worth mentioning. Uh, they're racing in Vegas this weekend. Um, a lot of hype around this race. Uh, one of the comments that I heard was, everybody was surprised, at least the Formula One garage, on how cold it's supposed to be this weekend. No. They didn't realize that Vegas gets cold. It snowed. Oh, did it really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So, no, that'll be that'll be an interesting one. See what comes out of that. Obviously, Vegas has got a lot of money in the area, so it's been a lot of hype and a lot of work um, around that. So, if you're if you're keen in the Formula One scene, definitely keep an eye on that one. I'll probably have my eyes on that one too this weekend and see what kind of racing unfolds out of that one. Um, otherwise, that's pretty much it for for the races this weekend. Again, season's kind of winded down. You get kind of hit and miss as far as races go. Um, so again, we'll have a lot more off season discussion. Again, that goes the same thing here. Um, next one, I think one that we've been kind of talking about all year about doing was uh, we're going to discuss. If you are starting a race team, what series are you going to start in and why? And then also, what what's the first race you want to run with your brand new race team? Oh, baby. Oh, <laughs> this is probably going to lose sleep over those couple questions. And <laughs> this is going to be a good one. Uh, again, there's going to be some. This is. This, this is it again. This is one of those anything's on the table. Yep. You got unlimited unlimited money and unlimited freedom. Yep. This is the virtual we started a race team debate right here. Yep. So Second. I think that'll be a good one. Yeah, for sure. I'm thinking, um, I'm, thinking I'm gonna hop behind the wheel of a wing sprint in the first race. I want to go to his Bristol. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> And uh, probably going to need two fire suits after the first practice. <laughs> <laughs> you got to need new shorts. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. oh my god! No, that's well, going to be that's going to be a fun episode too. Um, just see where everybody's at. I got knowing you two hooligans. I feel like I got a pretty good idea of where you're where you guys are going to go. But um, yeah, again, uh, no direction. That's an open-ended, so... Blind uh, reveal. Blind deal. Tune back in to see next week uh, where the crew's going racing and uh, who's on the crew, because uh, God knows I'm not hiring you two on my crew. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> my job ain't that helpless. Uh, I mean, I'm the one that's going to be in the most trouble, and hell, I could at least be a spotter if worse comes to worse. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not, depending on where he goes. Oh <laughs> yeah, I'll wear those bright pink fluorescent gloves. Well, if I wear, if I run a wing sprint, well, yeah, I, I do need a tire changer because those pit crews are. It's them but, suckers can change tires. Yeah, <laughs> real. Um, any <laughs> any final thoughts here, fellas, before we sign off for for this oh. one? Oh, this was this was solid, absolutely solid. Yeah, ton of fun. Um, again, and as we try to grow this thing. We'd love um, if you guys got any ideas uh, for what you want to see, any topics you want to discuss, throw them in the comments. And like we said, 
Um, obviously, first off-season episode with paint schemes. Uh, let Show us, us your what, paint schemes. Yeah, let us know what we're missing because um, there's definitely some iconic ones out there that we're probably drawing a blank on, didn't even come across. Um, obviously, we've kind of mentioned it was we cut off some good ones in that 11 to 15 range. That was tough. But, um, yeah, as always, shameless plug, like, comment, subscribe, share it with your friends. And um, hit the bell. Get You'll be the first to get notified. Socials will kind of slow down as the offseason goes, but always keep an eye out on, on stuff that's going on on that as well, too. Yeah. Um, and, I feel like race season is slowing down, but – Hey, this podcast, we're we're just getting heat in the engine. Oh, um, absolutely. We're just getting ready to go for a practice session. So um now looking forward to next week. Uh I think the crew is rolling. We're nailing our pit stops right now. Big time. And as always, if you know there's still a lot of racing going on around the country that maybe we didn't hit. If your local short track's still running, go hit them up. It's always a great time. Bring the family with you. Support support your local short tracks. You hear of more tracks closing than you do here opening, and we want to keep them suckers around. You get a lot of lot of great people that come out of those, and it helps the community out a ton. So make sure you go visit your local short tracks. They always, everyone appreciates it, appreciates it from the drivers to the to the crews to everybody that's working at the track as well. And it allows the the pit crew to continue to go to short tracks. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, again, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, hit that bell, keep an eye on the socials. Uh, otherwise, we will see you next week for uh, what team are we starting and why. Thanks, everyone.